Uh, good morning, landlords. I've got a uh, subject today. It's the, the new tenancy laws in Queensland, Australia. So I've got, I'll try and uh, talk to the world, but this is some of the draconian measures that are coming out in this uh, socialist dystopia that we now call Australia. So uh, just hang on a second. I'll take a seat and I'll grab this article um, with has the uh, the head of the REIQ which is the Real Estate Institute of Queensland uh, it's a woman of course these days and uh, we'll, we'll go through the article and, and what it means um, for for prospective landlords or existing landlords and uh, dare I say it a lot of ex-landlords yeah they they've got a housing crisis you know there's not a shortage of housing in Australia, but there's a there's a crisis of people know where to live, um, because all the all the rental properties, or a lot of the rental properties that were available in the boom, uh, were there because of leverage, because a a, um, a young budding you know house flipping entrepreneur could go in and and get a loan for a for a rental property in negative gear, so they didn't have to pay so much tax. And uh, once all that gravy train stops and the debt starts disappearing in the debt-based currency system, so do the houses. Well, so do the houses to be available for rent. And the more and the, and the, the, new, the smoke alarm laws that now say that you have to have them hardwired to put a tenant in, that was another nail in the coffin. But we've got some, some new nails for the coffin um, now. So I'll just sit down and I'll, I'll read, read out some of this article and we'll talk about the uh, what what it what they're proposing and what's going to come in after a certain date, and then what really happens in the real world because that's always different to uh, there's always unintended negative consequences to all this bullshit regulation. So uh, hang on a second, I'll sit down. There we go. All right, let's go back to the start. Uh, from October the 1st, uh, land, uh, this year, 2022, landlords will have 14 days to provide a good reason why pets can't be allowed uh, at rental properties. So we've got new housing laws set to come into effect later this year will make it harder for Queensland landlords to ban pets in rental properties. A landlord could decline a tenant's request for a pet for no specific reason, but come October the 1st, that will change. So, we, yeah, I won't speak about it. The, the laws have been criticised by, by tenants for years and Real Estate Institute of Queensland CEO uh, Antonio Mercarella said the incoming reforms were very much focused on tenant protection and giving tenants greater rights. Now, that's a, that's a lie, the laws have been criticised by tenants for years. Well, I saw the propaganda slipping in. Where this is my commentary now. Well, I saw the propaganda slipping in a, a few, a couple of years back, maybe from about 2015, uh, through the industry, because I'm in the industry. The propaganda started to come down through the emails, a bit like that 
all those shutdowns. Someone just sent an email and said, you, you stay home today. So, and they started saying things like, well, maybe it's time you accepted pets. You know, this is, this is government driven. I never heard a tenant, you know, like all the tenants want pets, you know, but well, a lot of, a lot of people want to have pets. But I'll tell you what I did when I was a young bloke, I had a, I had a Staffordshire Bull Terrier and I gave him away because I knew that I just couldn't get a room anywhere with a dog. A single bloke and a dog. It's not that attractive, you know? So so I just I just gave the dog away. And and that's not cold hearted. That hurt me. But but I had to and the dog went to a good home, but I wasn't in a position to be able to rent things with with a dog, you know? Otherwise it was me sleeping in the back of my HQ holding with the dog. And I don't like the smell of them that much. So you just do what you have to do. But anyway, so we all have to pander to the tenants now. Um, but I never heard the tenants screaming that much. It, it, this was government propaganda. Oh, it might be time you, let, you started, you know, letting pets into your house because it'll be better, you know, or something. And so they, they sort of suggest it. Well, they don't sort of, they do. And, and then, then when it doesn't work or they don't think it's working enough for themselves, that, then they, oh, we need to legislate. Let's get our legislators together, those uh, non-productive assholes yeah so the changes contained in the in the housing legislation amendment bill were being rolled out in three stages the first stage already in effect gave victims of domestic violence easier pathways to end tenancies and get their bond back so there's no um there's no contract law anymore guys you, you can't do a contract with another person um without the government interfering in that so there's a third party interfering all the time there's no you know contract between people i'll tell you what i'll tell you what used to happen yes there was the occasional landlord that was a bit of a prick there's a lot of tenants that are, that are dickheads as well so yeah sometimes you had to be a bit of a prick to be a to be a good landlord but people worked it out you know you, you could go to your landlord and say well he's bashing me up will you let me out most of the time of course they're going to let him out you know bugger the contract you know rip it up you can go whatever you know, people, people can sort their own differences out without, without all this interference from Big Brother. Thank you very much. But anyway, I'll, I'll shut up about that one. Uh, according to Ms. Uh, Mercarella, the changes would mean that a tenant would still have to seek consent for a pet, but the lesser would no longer just be allowed to refuse and could not advertise properties with a no-pet caveat. Blanket pet prohibitions will no longer be permissible, she said. Each and every request for an approval needs to be considered in its individual circumstances. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, what, what are you guys doing? Uh, and an lesser will only be allowed to say no to a pet request if they can establish one of the prescribed grounds available. Those grounds could be existing body corporate bylaws if the premises were not appropriate for the pet because of the size or security, or if the pet was deemed dangerous, such as a venomous snake. And who deems the pet dangerous? Have we got a dangerous pet demer, have we? I, I, bet we, I bet we've got one coming around the corner, haven't we, guys, eh? There's a new job for somebody. I'll be the, you know, the, the pet danger demer. Yeah. Property owners would also be required to respond to a tenant about their request for a pet within 14 days. No response would indicate approval. 
But until the 1st of October, owners can continue to say no and don't have to give a reason. Come October the 1st, even in places with existing tenancy agreements. So forget, so forget the private property rights, forget the, uh, the contract law. There is no rule of law in this country any longer. Come, come October the 1st, even in place with existing tenancy agreements, a tenant will, will be allowed to ask a lesser will be required to respond. I, I uh, cocked that up a little bit. So what's going to happen in the real world? Okay, the tenant, well, the, the landlord's no longer able to advertise no pets. Okay, so the tenant who's got a fucking big dog says nothing because you can't, you can't say no pets anymore. So they can just put down on the form, haven't got a dog. And then they wait a month, they leave it at mum's house and they wait a month and go, oh, we want to get a dog. And, and you've got 14 days to respond, otherwise no response means we've got it anyway. And uh, you have to give a damn good reason, you know, to, to say no. And, and of course, if you do say no, then we can go to uh, the, the RTA, the Residential Tenancy Authority. There's no Residential Landlords Authority. There's no Commercial Tenancy Authority. Mind you, they'll think of that next. All you legislators out there listening, there's a good one for you. Hey, have a residential, a commercial uh, tenancy authority. And, and, uh, but there's no landlord authority, of course, because they're all bloody evil capitalists. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen, guys. Instead of them going, oh, we've got a, uh, a staffy and a, and a bloody uh, Rottweiler um, and, a, and, a, uh, and a Stimson's Python, we, they're just going to say nothing, get in the house and then apply. You know, if they think that there might be a bit of resistance, they'll just, you know, say no. Because no, nowhere here is it said that they can't ask if you've got a pet. But you can just say no and lie. Because that's what, that's what people do to get around this bullshit. If they know what they can do after, they'll, they'll be aware of the laws, of course. And they'll say, oh, well, no, we haven't got a pet. And then they'll just apply for one after they move in. And... uh you can't come up with a reason, you know, that, that a judge deems, you know, uh, fair, <laughs> whatever fair is, you, you're buggered. You've got it right. And so let's go. It, it, in good news for landlords, allowing pets, pet damage would be excluded from general wear and tear. So at the end of a tenancy, a tenant has to give the premises back in the same condition that the premises was in at the outset of the tenancy, she said. Uh, this is Antoine, uh, yeah, Miss Mercarella. Uh, I do think that that is something that gives the lesser some greater protection. Well, didn't the, didn't the tenants have to hand the property back pretty much in the same condition that they took it on before? Isn't that why you have a bloody a contract? You know? Okay, before the, you, you could allow a pet and then you couldn't... Uh, you know, claim the pet damage as, as fair wear and tear. So they're saying, we can't stop, you can't stop them having a pet, but, but um, any damage that that pet does, they have to rectify it. You know, but if you didn't want a dirty, stinking dog in the fucking house digging holes in the yard all the time, uh, you know, it's your choice. 
You should be able to discriminate wholesale. They discriminate about who comes in their door. You're not allowed to walk in their door once they've got a lease. So they, they decide who comes in and out of their door. That's discrimination. I'll, I will continue. The grounds on which a tenant or landlord could terminate a lease will also change. Here's the real, here's the kicker, guys. A property owner would no longer be able to end a tenancy without providing a reason that met certain criteria. And even still, the tenancy could, still couldn't end before the original agreed date. So if the lesser or an in immediate family member wish to move into the property, that can't end a fixed-term tenancy before it's due, end, uh, due to end in any event, Mrs. Uh, Mercarella said. That's, that's correct. I mean, it's been the case for quite a few years that the tenant can give two weeks' notice and move out if it's on a periodic, but you have to give them two months. You know, that because um, we, can't, we can't have it, you know one month each or anything, that wouldn't be fair. Whatever fair is, whoever decides what fair is. So, so this is where it gets a bit complicated. You still have to give two months notice. I think there's been some misconceptions about that. Miss uh, Mercarella said that, <coughs> excuse me, the reforms would also make detrimental changes to periodic tenancies. So much so, she felt they would effectively be brought to an end. She said the changes would mean a landlord could not end a periodic tenancy without meeting one of the prescribed grounds and so could potentially be in the position of having a tenant for life unless they choose to end it. But this could be a negative for tenants seeking a periodic lease for reasons like a possible change in job or finalising their next property and needing a slight extension in lease, uh, Ms Mercarella said. I mean, this, let me talk on that. So now <coughs> our agency's already worked this one out. So now in the past, we didn't want to be pricks to a tenant. But now we have to be. We have to say to the tenant, you need to sign that new lease and be on another fixed term six months or 12 month lease. Or here's your notice to leave. Because there is no damn way that we're going to let you be in there on periodic. Because if once you are on periodic, you have all the balls in your court and there's none in the landlord's court at all. The tenant can stay on in perpetual, perpetuity I should have said. The, the tenant can just stay on. You, you, you have to go and crawl before a judge to get someone out of a... Of a, of a, of a um, a periodic tenancy. Okay, let me explain. A periodic tenancy is when it's just month to month. The end of the, you might have signed them up at the start for six months to see how they go. You know, you've, they've, you've had a couple of inspections and uh, they're keeping the property good and you're happy with them and they're happy with, with where they are and all that. So you, and you'd sort of say, well, you know, if they wanted to move out, they're not on a fixed term. I'll just let it run out. And they, they, so it's periodic. They just pay every month and they stay there. And there's no, there's no piece of paper to say that they, when they move out or when they stay or whatever it is. So I've done it before as a landlord, just had a couple uh, that were staying in, in a house and um, they, they were looking after it and paying the rent. So we just let the, let the fixed term run out. And then if they want to move, they just, they just can give us a month's notice, you know. And if we want them out, we can do the same. That was back then. 
we could give them a month's notice, you know. But you'd, you'd be fair and say, well, you know, you go and find something, but I need the house back. Or, or they, they, they'd say, oh, we found something nicer or something, we're moving up the road, and, they, and they'd go. But, but some of these tenancies last for, you know, years, 20 years. If, if everyone's happy, there's no need to keep r- running around doing the paperwork. The, the agency's still signed up as, a, as managing the property, so they still do the, do the inspection every three months. And it comes back good, just leave it how, leave it, how it is. Don't, don't worry about it. Well, now that's gone. So the flexibility's gone. You can't have them on a periodic. So now we have to be pricks. We have to send them the, here you go, sign up for another year or six months, whatever it is. We don't do any less than that because, oh, my God, the paperwork's bad enough. Uh, or, and now we have to, and we, we, we used to sort of have a chat to them and, you know, what do you want to do, whatever, and, and talk to the landlord. But now it's, here's the notice to leave. And here's the, here's the lease. You sign one of them. You're either out at the end of the uh, fixed term or you're signed up for another fixed term because there's no way you're going to be on periodic if you're going to be managed by us because once the landlord gets in that position, he knows he's, he's buggered. He, he, he can't get you out of the property. So this is theft of private property. This is the government legislating that the tenant now owns your property, essentially. You know, so the, the, all you can do there is not pay the rates. In Queensland, we have such draconian government. If you don't pay the rates for three years, the, the theft, they can sell you up and they, they can sell you up just to pay the rates. They don't even have to get fair value. It's not like a bank. When a bank takes your property off you, you they've got to get fair value. Otherwise, you can sue them for not doing a good enough job of selling your property. With a rates uh, auction, I've seen it. I've seen people that used to work in the rate department buying houses that for $50,000 just to pay off a $10,000 rates bill. So that's, that's your extreme. That's what you have to do as a landlord is not pay the rates for three years and let the, let the, um, the thieves uh, um, you know, auction it off to somebody else and hand the problem to someone else with a tenant in there. And they probably still don't have to move out. Who knows? Who knows? They'll, they'll have one rule for, for um, us, us common swill and they'll have another rule for when the government takes over and local government takes over your house and, and, and sells it for rates. But I digress. The third phase of reforms wouldn't come into effect until September 2023, coming soon. And, and related to minimum housing standards, a property must meet in terms of its structural nature having working facilities, security and, pr- and privacy features. So, uh, you know, and, and of course, the Residential Tenancy Authority, Chief Financial Officer Joanna van der Merle, said the reforms were necessary and remove grey areas in the current laws. Of course, we can't have any grey areas where people make up their own minds. It's helping everyone to understand what they need to do in the situations with renting and with pets and removing any remaining ambiguity. I'd say you've created more ambiguity, idiot. She said landlords and renters experiencing issues were encouraged to discuss the matter first and try and reach an agreement before contacting the uh, the RTA. My God. We provide that free dispute resolution service, she said. It's not free. Do you not get paid, sweetheart? You get up every day and do it voluntarily, eh? Like you're working for the animal welfare mob or something. Bullshit. It's very, very expensive and the country can't afford it. 
She said three quarters of disputes that came to the RTA were able to be resolved before going to court. Well, you've just written another new load of legislation that might change that a little bit. So, you know, just like all the other legislation, the lawyers get busier, the courts get busier. It's all good for the, you know, non-productive bureaucracy. So look out, landlords. And, and what sort of a housing shortage do you think that's going to cause? Like I said, you know, these, peop- these landlords, a lot of them, uh, you know, we've got, we've got grandfathered-in landlords that have been, you know, had a string of rental properties for years. But anyone wanting to um, invest in, a, in, a, in real estate for cash flow has just been told, look out, because the tenants and the government have got together. The, you know, the tenants themselves haven't even done this. And I'm telling you, and I said this before, it's detrimental to tenants. It's going to be detrimental to tenants. The tenants are going to go, gee, these landlords are pricks. It's either sign a new fixed term or you're out. And, and we're going to be sitting there like we normally do every day, explaining to people that it's not us, that we're not the pricks. The new laws are the pricks. You know, and then, you know, people will tell you, bold face, just sort of, they'll hear all that and they'll go, and the, the tenants especially, the, the less educated will go, oh, this will be good. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. We shouldn't have been stopped from having pets before. Well, by golly, don't, don't you better you better make sure that your pet doesn't scratch the floor because now you have to hand it back how it is. So you've got a dog on a timber floor everywhere and you've scratched it up. It's going to cost a fair bit to sand back that and polish it. You're never getting your bond back. You know, insurance will go up. Insurance companies will go, oh, oh, shit, we might get some claims for this dog damage. I mean, there's always been landlord's insurance, but it'll be harder to get. Houses to live in for tenants will be harder to get. You know, you, you can go and get $400,000 or in, in far north Queensland, that's what uh, rental property costs or a million dollars, wherever you are in other parts of Australia, whatever it is, and do something else with it. You can go and buy a mining stock and earn 5% return without having to do anything except for buy buy the piece of the company. Why the hell would you want to manage people like that with that much against you? Why would you want to do that? So I would say, just like the smoke alarm laws, when they had to do them hardwired, your lower-end landlords that can't afford it just gave us the keys and said, sell that property. Sell that property now, please. We don't want a part of it. That's the final straw. We're not having the government tell us what to do with our property. So, so all the lower-end tenants that, that got behind sometimes because they got on the grog or something, they got nowhere to live. They're, they're, they're the people out there in the tents and the caravans and the buses now. Once, once the 1st of October ticks in, we must, you know, th- th- this is the government slowly creeping into the, to the, to the real estate market until they say, well, there's a failure of the market here because we've legislated. There's so much legislation now, you're not sure which one to choose. And d- during the, the government shutdown era, we had, we had such conflicting laws 
that we're, we're standing there, people, not me, I'm a salesman. I don't, I don't you know, I, I do a little bit of commercial leasing, but I'm only watching what's going on in this office. There's a bunch of, bunch of 30-year-olds standing around trying to work out which law to go with, which directorate to go with. Disgusting. Should be, should be doing something else. Should be being productive. Should be getting another tenant into another property or making some calls. And they're trying to work out which way to go because it's so com- convoluted. So here, here, Australian government. Here, here, Queensland government. Good on you. Isn't that fantastic? You've just made a job for yourselves writing all this legislation out and thrown another spanner in the, in the works of supplying rental properties to people. The landlord pool will shrink. If you were going to be a landlord anywhere in the world, it would not be in far north Queensland any longer. It's getting, like I've heard some states in the United States have rent controls, communist rent controls, where they, they interfere in the free market so much and tell a landlord how much return they can make. Are they going to do that with Netflix? Are they going to do that with mining stocks? Are they going to do that with with other industries and dictate prices? Once they do that, you know, farmers are tipping milk out in the paddock because it's too expensive to sell it. You remove the profit margin and honestly, in a free society, in a, in a in a private law society, you do a contract with a tenant. And, and you can write that contract any which way you want. You can negotiate with the tenant. You know, they, they, they can say, we, we want to set up an S&M dungeon downstairs. You know, no worries. Well, uh, I want you to make sure it's clean and all this sort of stuff. Who knows what? Who knows what? You know, I want to run greyhounds on this property. Whatever it is, you can just do a, do a lease that's acceptable to both parties. It should be no, no legislator's business. Who are these people writing these laws, sitting in these offices? How much did they produce today? Nothing. They produced misery and chaos. They produced less tenancy properties. More tenants will be living in buses. More tenants will be living under park benches. That's what will happen. So uh, pat yourselves on the back, bureaucrats. You've just had another great day of destroying the economy. It's, you're nearly there after the 1st of October. And, and then next year, when they introduce the, uh, the minimum standards, they're going to go around to all these little old Queenslanders and say, no, you need to have security screens on those windows, I'm afraid. You know, and, and the tenants are going to end up living in jails with big security screens on the inside of the timber door windows or something. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. So there's going to be a whole bunch of houses out there in the lower end. They're going to be taken off the, off the rental market because they don't meet the minimum standards. Go and have a look at the minimum standards in the Philippines. Of course, I can't, you know, compare Australia to the Philippines because we've got a hard-working, intelligent population. What well, we used to have... Oh, there's a lot of purple hair out there now, but minimum standards where? Minimum standards in the middle of the desert are different to the minimum standards on the coast. 
But whatever they do, you can assure you that, you know, jobs for the boys. Oh, we're going to have a, uh, a minimum standard. Like, like, like now, I've got a smoke alarm guy, you know, that I have to contact all the time to make the smoke alarms. When you're selling a property, you have to make them make them uh, requirement. And you've got a new, a new Form 12 that he's got to put in. This electrician, before he would have been wiring a house up. Now he's running around doing smoke alarms, charging for that. So it's, it's just a, a made-up job for, for a, because of a piece of legislation. So we're going to have more of that. We're going to have a, a, uh, a minimum standards guy. He'll turn up and go, oh, well, you need an extra uh, big lock on that door and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You got to, oh, you got to put air conditioning into this place. Rah, rah, rah. More and more cost, more and more cost. So I don't, you know, pe- people don't appreciate having a third party come in and interfere. And that's, that's happening to the max now. Socialist dystopia. So, so that back to the point, the government's going to go, well, the market's failed, so we need to take over. I mean, right now, if you're a property manager in the private sector, like in the public sector, so-called, they get paid 10 bucks an hour more than in the private sector and they manage 20 properties instead of 100. So that th- here's the figures. You need, it, you need to have, in, the, in a rural area where we are, you need 100 properties per property manager, otherwise you, you're going backwards. You can't, you can't afford to pay the wages. If you've only got 80 properties, you've got to manage them yourself as a, as a, as a principal uh, and not hire anyone. You know, maybe have one, one administration person to handle the sales side and the, and the rental side. But you need, you need 100 rental properties to make it work, okay? So if you've got three or 400, you know, you can have three or four workers. In the public sector, each property manager is managing 20 properties, not 100. So they do, they do a quarter of the work and they get paid 10 bucks an hour more. And that, that money doesn't come from the landlord because it's not, you can't make money that way. You can't, there's no profit. Well, that only works for a little while while you're borrowing money and, and printing money, dickheads. So we're losing the good, the good um, property managers. They go, why the hell would I want to work for a, for a private sector? I'll just go and get a govy job and I'll manage 20 properties and get paid shitloads more and have more time off. So they're, they're slowly creeping in. Then they, you know, they're going to want to have social housing. I've seen these disasters before. We've seen them. I've seen them back in the 80s and they, they built these you know, slums. So they want to build a load of slums for all the welfare recipients, all the purple hairers out there. With the rings in their noses and stuff. Who's paying for it? Those of us in the private sector. That's who's paying for it. But we're only paying the interest on the debt that they incur every day to keep this ugly behemoth going. This monster, this dystopian monster that you can call the, the dictatorial authorities. And I'll tell you who's at fault. It's all of you. It's everyone, it's me, it's you, it's everyone for complying, for letting these bastards get the camel's nose under the tent. Well, now the camel's in the tent, guys. And it's, and it's running around shitting every, in every corner and wrecking the tent, pulling it to the ground. As soon as you see the camel's nose, you need to stomp on it and say, get back. But they creep in, just like the Powderfinger song, they slowly creep in. And now... 
We're not far off, I don't think. We're not far off the end where this socialist experiment collapses the same as the Soviet Union collapses. And uh, after that, we should get a, a um, dictatorial tyrant that's going to be charismatic and say, I'm going to save you all. But it's your compliance. It's all your compliance that's the problem. Everyone's complying, doing what they're told. Now snap out of it, guys. Snap out of it. Stop complying. Get a little taxpayer group together and say, we're not going to do it no more. Piss off. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you on the next one.